Roto Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind, Stevie TPFL and Company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Wednesday, it is September 18th, it's 2019, and we have 10 baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my good friend, Jordan Cooper, Blenderhead. How are you doing, my friend? Good. It's the last morning grind for a while for me. Yeah, like not all of us get to go on vacation. Um, I'm I'm pumped for you. I hope you enjoy your vacation. But yeah, this will be the last time we get to chat baseball because by the time you get back, um, we're going to be talking basketball. I can't wait. Actually, that gives me something to look forward to because I'm kind of getting sick of baseball. Who could ever get sick of baseball? Like, the Marlins have eight runs tonight, like, uh, on, on Tuesday night. Like, how can you get sick of baseball? How could I get sick of September baseball with everyone getting pinched for and pitchers going 80 pitches and who knows who's going to be in the lineup? I, 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 think I, I think I can get sick of it. All right, fair point. And in a season that there's been a, a kajillion home runs, too, um, and it's very unpredictable when it comes to pitching, I, I think – I could see how you could be sick of baseball, but I like baseball this time of the year. I think that, you know, the teams that have something to play for are interesting. A lot of the young kids that are on some of these teams are interesting. Like the Blue Jays are a team that I'm going to like to stack a lot down the stretch just because they're going to let these young guys play. So like we saw Tellis not in the lineup and we saw Gary L bat in the DH spot. So like we're going to see this a lot down the stretch of these young guys getting playing time. On these teams like Detroit, they're going to give some of these young guys playing time, and that could help the pitching. So a lot of, a lot of different ways to look at it down the stretch. But um, one thing that you need to look at, if you haven't already, make sure you head on over to our sponsor site, fantasydraft.com. Sign up through the Roto-Grinders links. That way you get three months of Roto-Grinders premium for Fantasy Draft once you make your first deposit and start playing over there. They got their NFL contest up for this weekend. It's a $750,000 rake-free $100,000 is first place, $25 buy-in. Um, you're playing against 30,000 people because there's no rake. So make sure you're checking that out. They got a bunch of other small stuff. They got a three-entry max, $300 tournament. Um, I'm pushing for them to get like a three-entry max, like $20 tournament. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Um, I've been pushing them. Um, hopefully, we'll see that because that's something that I think would be fun for a lot of people. So if you haven't checked them out, make sure you check them out. They do have some stuff up for today's baseball slate as well. They got a $25,000 home run, $25 buy-in, and max enter of 30 times. So let's talk some baseball, Blender. Um, we get started with Toronto at Baltimore. Clay Buckles against Dylan Bundy. Nine and a half total here, and it's a pick em game. Any interest in Clay Buckles? Uh, in Baltimore, probably not. I mean, I don't know. How many pitches are you going to pick? We're, we're going to get to this to a lot of pitchers. I'm going to say, how many pitches can he pitch? And then if it's like not at least 80, then uh, I can't play him. So, I mean, Buckholtz sucks as it is. And uh, if he's going to pitch only 80 pitches or something, I mean, they're not, they're not going to give these pitchers run. I'm more interested in Bundy on the other side, if anything. Uh, than playing Buckholtz. Yeah, Buckholtz not missing any bats either. Very limited upside. I know he's cheap, and we tend to like cheap pitchers from time to time, but 
he's just not even a guy that I can like even being cheap. Um, no upside in my opinion whatsoever. And you mentioned it, you know, he has thrown over 80 pitches in three straight starts, but not much more than 80 pitchers in, in those starts. So no interest for me in Buckholtz. Um, and then on the other side of this game, Dylan Bundy, slight interest. Um, you know, I have interest in the Toronto bats as well, but uh, slight interest in Bundy just because he has a little bit of upside and he's not terribly expensive. Right. Pretty much. It's a price play. We'll see on this slate that uh, if, if there's one pitcher that that's an ex- extreme price uh, in Garrett Cole at 12, eight. Uh, and you're going to either need to find a cheap pitcher or you're going to f- have to find like two mid range pitchers to play. So with the upside with Bundy strikeouts, like he's a tournament play only, but uh, I have no issue, especially uh, if, if I'm not interested in, in stacking the, the Blue Jays against him, which is also an option. Yeah, I do like the stack. Um, let's get into the bats here. Like looking at Toronto, there's a lot of right-handed power in this lineup, and we know Bundy is a reverse splits guy. So like Bochette, uh, Gary L, Vlad, Grichik, and then just mix it in Biggio and Tellis. Um, Biggio, big, big night um, coming off of a big night on Tuesday. Uh, what are your thoughts here on the Blue Jays? Well, the, the reason why I don't really want to stack them is because it's they're quite expensive for a 4.7 implied run total against a halfway decent pitcher. So I'm more inclined to play one-offs that are, that are cheaper. I mean, I could play Biggio, 4,500 on DraftKings uh, as, as a lefty at second base, only because he's at second. But, I mean, I could take Tellez as a one-off. I could take Grichuk as a one-off. But, like, once you start stacking this team with Bichette and Guriel, like, you're getting to – you get into like a 23K plus stack size. And do I really want to put that much trust into the Blue Jays? Well, you know, you already kind of talked about the pitching situation on the slate. Like if you're not playing Garrett Cole, which, you know, we'll talk about that when we get to Garrett Cole, you're not paying over 10K pretty much. Well, I guess Oda Rizzi's 10-6. So like you're more than likely saving a lot at pitcher today. Uh, so I think that, yeah, the stack is expensive, but I think it's very doable today just because we're going to talk about these pitchers on this slate and there's not a ton of options. So, um, Baltimore, do we like any of these Baltimore bats against Buckholtz? I mean, I think the Baltimore side is a little bit more appealing. I mean, the bottom of the order is not necessarily the greatest, but I mean, I could play Santander at 4,000. I could play Nunez. I know he's questionable. 4K, Dwight Smith, 3,900. I mean, Mancini and VR are the two expensive bats at 4,900 and 4,700. So, like, you get into that issue where, like, the Orioles are a 21K stack and you want to spend – I mean, I think there are better spots on this slate. But, uh, but no, no, I don't – both sides of this game, I don't mind as one-offs, two, threesies, those types of things. But I don't see myself stacking either side. The other thing that you got to remember here is both of these bullpens are terrible. So – and, like, the, the starting pitchers, Shepard threw four innings, and Baltimore used a ton of bullpen. And Thornton was able to eat some innings. But after that, they had to use a lot of the bullpen guys um, in that game. So, you know, it's obviously pretty interesting here um, just in general. So, um, I, I like the Baltimore side. I said it yesterday. I'll say it again. Mancini's one of the hottest hitters in baseball. Hit another home run on Tuesday. That's four home runs in the last five games. He's 4,900, yeah. Don't love the price tag, but love the upside for Mancini right now, especially against Buckholz, who doesn't strike anybody out, and that Toronto bullpen. I like both sides of this game. I think this is an interesting game stack, especially on FanDuel, 
where you can go four and four and potentially even get a guy like Cole. So, you know, a lot, lot to look at when it comes to this game. Moving on, Seattle at Pittsburgh, nine and a half total. Justin Dunn opening for Tommy Malone and then Dario Grazel on the other side. Um, Grazel's a slight favorite here. Any interest in Tommy Malone? No, I mean, I know that lefties against the Pirates are, are a thing. You'd rather play lefties against them, but like, I just don't, I just don't see the, I just don't see the upside with Malone because this Pirates team just, they may not hit well, but they don't strike out to lefties. So, like, I, there, there are more appealing options. I mean, the, the pitching on the cheap end isn't all that appealing this late, but I think there's like one or two more obvious choices in that range that I need to go to Malone. How how much of a, a talent gap would you say Marco Gonzalez and Tommy Malone are? Probably not dramatically so. With Bell and Marte out of the lineup, which they're probably going to be out of the lineup again today, we just watched Marco Gonzalez dominate this team for 24 DK points. I think Tommy Malone's very much in play if Bell and Marte sit again. Um, we're, we're in Pittsburgh. Uh, obviously this is a good pitcher's ballpark. This lineup, it, that lineup came out uh, on Tuesday and it was just like, all right, Marco Gonzalez, hundred percent. And like, if the lineup's going to be that bad again with Bell and Marte banged up, like I'm, I'm in, let's do it. Well, I mean, the line opened, uh, at nine and a half with the pirates, uh, 4.9 implied run total. So that, that may, may hint that may hint at something. I mean, if you see that total come down, that's more likely that those guys are out of the lineup. But, you know, if they are in the lineup, like talking about bats in this game, I think I'm more likely to attack Malone than I really am Dario Agrazel. And, you know, how awful it is for me to say that. <laughs> Agrazel's 4,900 here going up against Seattle. Um, really hasn't shown any promising stuff. He's only had one game over 11 fantasy points since getting called up. Um, I, I just – he just doesn't strike anybody out. He's such a low strikeout rate. I need a strikeout guy, at least a semi-decent strikeout rate against Seattle. I think uh, Agrazel's a guy I'm going to pass on today. No, I'm definitely passing on him. It's just that I, I look at uh, the, the Mariners lineup playing in Pittsburgh – and I'm not all that thrilled about playing these guys either. I mean, j- just to get on the bats, like if I'm going to play anyone against the Grozzle in Pittsburgh, uh, I'm probably playing lefties, primarily because, you know, it's the, the, the ballpark suppresses writing power so much. So, like, I don't want to pay 4200 for Narvaez at catcher if he's in. So, like, Seager, Shed Long, I mean, like, it's just like most of this lineup has doesn't have enough power. Donovan Walton at shortstop. It's just like I think the Pirates have more power in their lineup that the and they're cheap enough that that stack provides more upside. That's why I'm not against playing Tommy Malone against the Pirates, but I just like I look at the bats here and go, I think I could play the Pirates more than play Malone. Well, let's let let's really quick like let's visit that like. Yeah, they have more power if Bell and Marte are in there, but with those guys banged up, if they don't play, they have zero power in this lineup. Like you zero. Got Jose no Osuna. You got Osuna. The Ozuna is a reverse splits guy. He's better against righties than he is against lefties. Uh, doesn't he has mean been. he can't take a lefty out. That doesn't yeah, mean anything. He has a one twenty five ISO this season against lefties. Yeah, a ton of power. Right handed bat Reynolds. too. 
<laughs> Melky? Do you hear oh, yourself Melky, right you now? Do you hear yourself right now? Yeah, I know. I'm just looking at the prices and I'm like, oh, it's like 19K. It's like, I can do this. There's a vomit. better vomit stack today. There's a better vomit stack. I promise oh, you. Oh, I know. No, I agree with you. But, but okay. I mean, it, I, I got to look at all the vomit before I choose the one that I want. Well, we're going to throw this vomit, this vomit stack in the garbage and move to the next one. But I, I like, um, I like some of the Seattle bats. I think Kyle Lewis, even in a righty righty matchup, he's been absolutely crushing the ball since he got called up. Um, I like the Vogelbach call. Shed Long's okay. Not a ton of power. Leadoff hitter. Seeger, Lewis, Vogelbach, little three-man. Wouldn't stack them a five-man here, but um, don't hate Seattle. A Grazel doesn't strike anybody out. Um, all right, Detroit at Cleveland. Um, I don't know if you saw Cy Plucko again uh, on Tuesday. Um, Spencer Turnbull against Savelle. Um, Ten total here. Aaron Savelle is a big-time favorite at minus 290. Um, any interest here in Turnbull? Uh, against the uh, Indians with a 6.4 implied run total? Absolutely not. I was, I'm actually kind of shocked you don't have interest at 4.5K. Yeah, he can, Yeah, you're right. He can pitch. The thing is, he's not going to pitch 90 pitches because he's going to get shelled before that. <laughs> Low strikeout team, not a ton of upside. Um, probably a better punt pitcher somewhere down here today, like um, Hauser. Um, um, so, yeah, looking at Savelle, I, I think he's one of the better pitchers on the slate. I know he's 9,100. We don't love the price tag here, but I, I think that if you're not paying up for Garrett Cole, like he's one of the type of guys that you're probably looking at here. Uh, I, I'm quite possibly, as playing just GPPs, uh, to have zero of him and playing Tiger Bats against it's, – it's you could just put this on repeat. It's like the chalky guy that really isn't that great of a pitcher – like, if people aren't going to play Cole, they're probably going to play him. And if he's going to end up, Jamino's hamster real spins and he's 24% owned on a 10-game slate, maybe it doesn't mean I play Tiger Bats against him. But, like, so, but he, even against this Tigers team, like, he could easily have a line where he gets four strikeouts in six innings, gives up two runs, and it's, like, for 9,100. Like, and maybe he doesn't even get the win, and he's sitting there with, like, 13 points. It's like, why did, I, why did I pay for it? I'll take a shot at the G. I'll take a shot at Dario Agrizal and hope for the best than pay 9100 because you're not going to be able to pair him with Cole. I mean, so, like, to me, to use him as an SP1 just screams, like, don't do that in large field GPPs. The other interesting thing, like, uh, as far as he goes, like, Cleveland's in a dogfight right now in the wild card for the American League. It's very – very close between the Rays, the Athletics, and Cleveland fighting for those two spots out of those – or, yeah, for those two spots out of those three teams. So, if he's pitching well here and, he, you know, he's at 80 pitches in five innings, like, look for that Cleveland team to go to the bullpen. They've done it many times now. Now, if he's pitching really well and he's in the fifth inning and he's at, like, 70 pitches, they'll probably let him go out and throw another inning because they, they've been keeping him in that 80 to 90 pitch range. So – that's why I said I don't love the price tag of 9100 but if I'm not paying up for Cole, I don't think he's the worst option on the slate. Um, I think there's more ceiling out of some of these other guys, though, that we're going to talk about below him and above him. So uh, that doesn't mean I'm going to go out and play the Detroit Bats. I don't see anything here that I want to play for Detroit. You always play Kristen Stewart at 3600 and hope for the best. Sure. I don't hate that. Like, right. I, 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 I just actually, don't think – even if I don't play Savali – I don't. I don't think I'm going to stack the Tigers, but I, I, I could. I could sprinkle one or two bats in if I wanted to. I stacked um, Detroit against Plutko 
and played Plucko on some teams too. I think it was the first time I ever played Plucko. Um, on Tuesday. This is what happens when I don't play. I probably <laughs> did the best because I probably would have stacked against him and lost my money also. Yeah, you. Yeah, didn't work out. Um, the Cleveland Bats here, they're okay. Um, I, I don't think there are worse options on the slate. You know, we kind of had a discount on Cleveland yesterday because they were priced like they were f- facing Matt Boyd and had a Detroit bullpen game. But, like, they, they quickly raised the prices right back up. So, like, I don't love it. I think their 6.5 implied total is nice. Um, uh, nothing really, like, popping off my charts here on them. Yeah, but, I mean, if Pranville's back in the lineup, I mean, 3,900, Puig, 4,300. I mean, you, you got to kind of include, like, Lindor and Santana if you're stacking them. But, like, if Kipnis is out, then you got Mike Freeman. I mean, that isn't the worst play in the world at second base if he's batting like somewhere in the middle for 3700 so like it i'd rather them be a little bit cheaper but for a, a six plus implied total like they're not a bad stack at all yeah I, I prefer the top part of this lineup just because i feel like if they get into situations if the game is close they will pinch hit if they need to to get the platoon so i prefer the top end of this lineup this team is fighting for a playoff spot. I think that's very important when it comes to this time of the year. Um, so Lindor, Mercado, Santana, Puig, and if Reyes or Bowers are in there to, to round out a five-man, like that's that's the top of the order. Um, I wouldn't touch the Mike Freemans or the Plowickies or the Vasquez's of the world. Not even if Roberto Perez is in the lineup? No, not today. Oh, because it's not a lefty. I forgot your rule. I'm sorry. No, just in general, Detroit's bullpen's terrible. There's plenty of lefties that are bad in that bullpen. I wouldn't mind playing Perez today, but I think catchers are a position that's easily pinch hit for because at this time of the season, most teams have three catchers on their roster. So, like, if it comes up to a situation where they have a potential spot where runners are on, pinch hit the catcher and go get another guy suited up. So, you know, I just think it's a good hitter. It's not like he's a bad hitter. Yeah, I'm not saying he's not, but if it, if it's a righty righty matchup and they have a you know like say 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 Reyes plays and you have Jake Bowers there, are you going to let Bowers hit in a situation against the righty, or you're going to let Perez when you have two other catchers? Yeah, awesome. that's all I'm saying. All okay. I'm saying. All right, Giants and Red Sox ten total. The Shark against Chassin. Um Any interest in either one of these pitchers? Not, does, I mean, Chassin's not going to pitch long. I mean, it's going to be Shawarin or whatever, PLRing or whatever, whatever they're going to do with this He's game. not good either. Yeah. No, no, he's not good either. And Samarja in Fenway just screams like getting four home runs hit against him. The Red Sox lineup could be pretty bad, though. Like, JD's hurt and Mookie's hurt, but it's still good enough that I won't play Shark. <laughs> so, um, I love the Giants today. Like – you know, you're going to get Chassin starting this game, who's terrible. And then you're going to get Schwarin, who has not been good whatsoever. And then you're going to get the bad part of the Boston bullpen if you're doing if – if your stack is doing what it's supposed to be doing. Right. And once you plug in either Buster Posey or Brandon Crawford – now, obviously, they're going to add the DH. So, it's quite possible, like, vote DHs. So, I mean, you could have two catcher-eligible players – but I mean, once you once you put Brandon Crawford in in your shortstop spot at thirty four hundred, whatever five man stack you make is a vomit stack because it's going to come in at around twenty k. So like I know that I mean right now 
the Giants have a 4.4 implied run total. But it seems, to me, it seems officially low for the Reds. I mean, against Justine Schwarren in the bullpen with the San Francisco getting a ballpark upgrade. So, like, I'm going to hope that uh, that people look at that and go, maybe maybe I don't play. Oh, how do I play? How do I stack a team with a 4.4 implied run total? I think maybe it's a high varying spot, which means the Giants could be, like, bad and only put up three runs. Or the Red Sox could be – the pitching could be so bad that the Giants put up ten runs. So, like, I don't consider necessarily uh, these Giants bats as, like, cash plays. I mean, they could be. But – like, as a stack, I mean, they fill all the spots. I mean, you just take two outfielders. You take your – I mean, Yastrzemski hit a home run in, in Fenway. I mean, the, the, the name Yastrzemski in Fenway, how do you fade that? And you puzzle them in with, like, Dickerson or Pilar. Then you take Vogt or Posey, Belt, Longoria. I mean, it's, it's a pretty easy stack to make. There was so much narrative, too. His grandfather got honored before the game. Like, it was just all this, like, thing. Like, it was – it was the narrative home run of the day for sure. Um, but yeah, like even if, if um, Gerber cracks the lineup, he's 3,100 to, to kind of talk more to your vomit stack. Like he's a guy that showed a ton of power in AAA, a lot of raw power there. So like you play him and he's an outfield spot. You open up everything even more. Now we're looking at a team that is really cheap. You're going to get Garrett Cole, figure out who your SP2 is, and you are probably still be able to get some decent bats. Man, even on this this Red Sox side, depending on, uh, I mean, I almost would rather that they that guys like Betts don't play. Like I'd rather play Ben Attendee leading off at forty one hundred. I mean, I'd rather. I mean, Brock Holt. I'm just trying to find cheap ways to stack against Samarja, but also understand Samarja is a fly ball pitcher that you know is he's not that horrible of a pitcher as far as strikeouts are concerned. So like. The Red Sox has still put up six, seven runs, but they can come off of three home runs. And the five-man stack fails, but you pick out the right three bats, and that three-man could, could be a GPP winner. Yeah, like, um, obviously, Ben Attendee at 4,100. He's been struggling, but, like, this is a matchup where you don't really expect Shark to go out and blow anybody, anybody by, by anybody. Devers is probably my favorite play here. He, he has the highest ceiling, I think, out of all these guys. But, like, Bogarts is always overlooked because of his price. We don't have cores on this slate, so, like, you're not getting a Trevor Story at this high price tag. Um, you know, you could potentially play Brett Bregman at this high, uh, his high price tag. So, um, moving on, we got Philadelphia at Atlanta. We have Zach Eflin against Julio Tehran, 10 total. Tehran's a slight favorite here at 156. Um, any interest in Zach Eflin? I never have interest in Zach Eflin. He's at 7,300 against the Braves. No way. Yeah, Braves, you know, they're still in a spot where they could potentially catch the Dodgers for best record in the National League, but they're pretty much on cruise control. Um, they have – well, I think they officially clinch with one more win or a loss um, by the Nationals. It's 10 games, um, and I think there's 11 games to go, 12 games to go. So it's like – it's really close to clinching, but they pretty much clinch, let's be honest. They're not going to lose 12 games in a row. Um, I, I don't like Eflin. I don't like Tehran. I, I like Tehran in general. I think he's, you know, definitely pitched better this season than he has in years past. But I think this is a tougher matchup for him uh, against a Phillies team that they don't have a ton of guys that strike out a lot, but they also have a bunch of guys that walk a lot. So, like, it just seems like a spot Tehran could struggle with his high walk rate. 
right? I think he's just a little overpriced. I mean, I if you told me Tehran was like seventy six hundred, I'd be like, okay, okay, we're in business here. Eighty five hundred, we're getting to that level of like, I think I'd spend six hundred more on Savali, and I, I don't even want to do that. So like, that's why that's why I said before with Bundy being seventy seven hundred, like I know that's a volatile play. But at least like Bundy has the has the chance of putting up a 10k plus pitcher level score. I just don't think Tehran in this matchup does. Yeah, and like I said, like I'm just I'm more concerned about the walks. He's a high walk guy against a team that walks a lot. They're patient. Like I hate hate matchups like that. I think the price just adds to that. Uh, doesn't mean I'm going to go out and stack Philly. I think you could play some Philly bats here. I don't think they're the worst team to potentially like one or two mans. Um, but like they took a big hit with Dickerson, you know, getting sent to the IL. That was one of their power bats. Like not a ton standing out to me here for Philly. I mean, they're cheap enough that like you can make the stack happen if you want. They fill the right spots. But you're going to have to spend up a catcher for real muto. So that kind of ruins it a bit. But if you wanted to, if if you wanted to play Hoskins as a one off or Segura as a one off, forty two hundred, forty one hundred, you want to play you go down and, and Hazley for a home run or something like that. You want to play Cesar Hernandez leaning off at second base. I mean, I'm I'm just kind of looking at the scarcer positions like Hernandez or Segura. Like you you could do what I mean instead of going all the way down to like some thirty two hundred dollar guy that has like ISO of like negative something. Like, at least these are major league hitters. Yeah, Brad Miller is 3,200. You can play him at second base. You know, he's a guy that strike out or home run, um, 230 ISO, 25% K rate. So, like, I don't hate him. You know, you can play him at second or third. He makes your chap, your, your stack cheaper. Like, then you're playing – and you're okay maybe playing Real Muto. You're just kind of switching second base and catcher, you know, price points. But – I, it's just not a stack that I love today. I'd much rather play the Atlanta side of things. Eflin, he's been awful against lefties this year. You know, Marcakis is back. They have Albies, Freeman. They can throw in McCann. Joyce would probably be in there. It's not the most extent, expensive stack, but, you know, with Freeman in there, you got a ton of upside. And if, if you do something crazy like a leave Acuna off, you can make this stack work pretty cheap. Right. Well, that's my only concern with this stack, that, like, if the Braves put up 10 runs – like it's hard for me to imagine that it's that a bulk of the production doesn't come out of the expensive bats. So like I could see out of the top four, Acuna, Albies, Freeman, and Donaldson, the one that I would more likely leave off would be Acuna because he's in an outfield spot and I can find that production elsewhere from an outfielder. But like you're gonna have to play Josh Donaldson at forty seven hundred and Albies at forty eight hundred at second base. I just don't see making a stack that's like Freeman, Mark, Barcakis, Joyce, McCann, Swanson. I mean, you can. I just, I, I just think if they put up ten runs, I don't think Josh Donaldson's zero for five, and the other two, Acuna and Albies, are are sitting there with four points. So just, and then the stack becomes very expensive. So that, that's what you have to weigh. So I'm, I'm more likely, I think, to play the Indians than the Braves, but I don't think the Braves are a bad stack. Padres and Brewers, eight and a half total. Denelson Lamette against Adrian Hauser. Hauser is a 148 favorite here. Um, any interest in Lamette? Uh, against the Brewers at 9,400. I would, I would prefer him over Savali in GPP because at least Lamette like, could strike out a bunch of people. But, you know, this isn't the greatest of matchups. And you also have to realize 
Uh, Lamette actually has a higher strikeout rate to lefties than he does to righties. So the more lefties that are in the lineup, the higher upside that he has, but also the higher downside he has because he gives up more power to that side also. So although we think of the Brewers as a lefty-heavy team and Lamette as a righty, like I want to see lefties in the lineup if I'm going to play him at GP in a GPP at like sub 10% owned. And if looking at ownership goes that way, I'd rather play him than Savali or Tehran. Lamette has a much higher strikeout rate against righties than lefties, like way higher. Are you kidding me? Yeah, 37% against righties and 24% against lefties. He's always been way better against righties. I thought it was the other way around. You're thinking of somebody else. I must be thinking of someone. I, I, I'm almost – I'm going to check plate IQ. I checked the premium <laughs> tools. Maybe, maybe I, I've been reading it wrong this whole time. Or maybe yeah. did it switch this season or something? No. Even if you look back to 2017, his last healthy season, his strikeout rate was much higher against righty. You're just thinking of somebody else. I'm trying oh, to you're think who absolutely could... right. I must be thinking of someone else. Yeah, I can't even think of who you might be thinking of. Um... There's someone that has that, like a 32% strikeout yeah. rate to the opposite side. Yeah, like, I, I, man, I'm trying to think of who it would potentially be. I thought, like, Perdomo, um, but, like, he, even he's a much better guy against righties. Um, that Richard, is odd. Yeah, Richards, who just came back maybe, but – but yeah, Lamette, like he needs righties. So it really depends on the lineup for me with, you know, Yelich hurt and some of this guy's out. If, you know, Hera is back, um, it really depends. You know, the Brewers, you know, they're still potentially fighting for a playoff spot here. So like it's going to be a pretty normal lineup for them. So I just, Lamette, if there's a bunch of righties in there, I don't hate it. But I, I kind of like the, he's a pivot off of Savelle. Um, I, I don't hate that. No, I'm just trying to figure out who I'm confusing him with. I don't Am I know. Confusing him with maybe Charlie Morton or something. Uh, it's someone that there's someone like that. There's someone that I always look at and I go, I need to, I need to play. It's a younger guy, also. I was gonna say Verlander, if you, you know, Tuesday. Yeah, but no, no, but he's an ace <laughs> type of pitcher. I'm not. I'm, right. I'm, I'm thinking of it's it's someone that's not like that high of a level. So so I'll, I'll take it all back. But even though uh, <laughs> he still has a high. No matter to each side of the plate, he still has a 24% strikeout rate to the, to the left side of the plate. I'm just saying that he gets more strikeouts. So I'd much rather play him over, over Savali at 300 less because Lamette can, even in just like 90 to 95 pitches, strike out 10 guys. I can't see that in the other pitcher in that range. Um, the other side of this game, Hauser is really cheap because of his recent struggles. You know, he got... He threw two really good innings against the Cardinals and then absolutely got shelled um, in the in the third inning. It was a quick hook for him. It's a Brewers pitcher. The quick hook is certainly something you have to be concerned with. The walks, all this is something you have to be concerned with with Hauser. But he's 5,300 on this slate, facing a strikeout-heavy Padres lineup. I, I think that Hauser has to be somebody we're considering depending – if I open up lineup HQ and, and we're seeing Hauser like 30, 40%, I'm much likely to stay away from him. I think the truck build is Cole Hauser. I mean, like, yeah. And I, the projections are going to come out where Hauser, I think the start before that, he pitched well and he still got taken out after 71 pitches 
or something or something around there. It was, yeah, it was really close to that. Right. And then I was like, well, he was doing what? Like I had him and it was like, why did he like, why can't he go another inning? So like, but he's 5,300. If he was 6,500, then, then he kind of, he kind of needs that. But at, at this, at this price in this matchup with the Padres having a 3.9 implied run total, like I, I'm, I'm, for GPPs, I just need him to go five innings and be win eligible. But if he's going to be super chalky uh, and I'm not going to play Cole, like I'm not going to make lineups that don't have Cole in it. That have, Like if you're going to go out of GPPs and make Cole Hauser lineups with chalk bats, don't do that for large field GPPs. And if you're going to fade Cole and then play him, like to me, I don't even think that's necessary. I'd rather like once you fade Cole – Use two mid-price starting pitchers and then start to consider whether or not you should be taking Padres bats because if Hauser is going to be like 35% owned, I mean, hey, the Padres, they're they're not a weak-hitting team, but I can play some of these guys. Yeah, man, I want to play Hauser, but I agree with you. I think a Hauser-Colbill – I'm more likely to play like a house or Odorizzi team just to be different. But um, if I'm going to play, Houser, would you rather be different by not playing Hauser? If anything, yeah, like I like the I like the mid range build. Like I was looking at it a few minutes ago. I actually don't hate you know two of these mid range guys and being done with it. But you know, I think I think in cash games you're playing Cole and Hauser. And but he just went in GPP. Like Cole is at a price. I mean, he's twelve eight. We're going to – I can't wait to talk about Cole. We're, we're, we're going to talk about Garrett Cole. Okay. I mean, he's in a great spot. I'm just saying that in GPP, Cole probably puts up the highest raw points on the slate. But if he only puts up 32, you're probably not dead in GPP, so that's fatable. So just understand that, that, you know, don't feel the need to go, well, if I play, don't play Hauser, how do I play Cole? Because I really can't get any bats with any of the build. Always think of the opposite of, like, Cole can still have the best raw – point game and still not be gpp needed uh what are we looking at here for the padres bats ah yeah i mean uh, hosmer machado i mean you got nailer i mean it, i don't want to stack these guys like even if hauser's truck i don't I'm, uh, i mean i'd rather play the giants than play the padres but you know taking machado that's shortstop eligible or or maybe like see just like do i want to fill a first base spot with hosmer do I want to fill an outfield spot with Naylor or Myers? Not really, but like they're going to be low owned. So that, that's why I don't want to stack them. There's just too many outfielders here. Um, Looking at the Brewers bats, I don't hate like a Moustakas, a Grandal, but it's, it's not a team that I love. Like I, I just, they have something to play for. And I, I feel like that's important at this time of the year, but like Moustakas is forty three hundred, Grandal is forty two hundred. Like I don't think those price tags are crazy. No, it's a four point seven implied run total, so it's not like it's that high. It's just that I look at the Brewers and go, eh, I'd still rather play the Giants. And then I look at Lamette and go, I'd rather play him as my SP one at sub ten percent ownership. So it makes me just not want to play the Brewers at all in my builds. All right, White Sox and Twins, 10.5 total. Dylan Covey against Jake Odorizzi. Odorizzi's a minus 300 favorite. Uh, any interest here in Dylan Covey? 
Well, technically, he he's he's similar to Turnbull. Like he can pitch like ninety pitches. It's just a matter of will he will he be around to do that after he gives up seven runs? Yeah, I don't have any interest. Uh, they can go. They can throw out enough lefties where Cruz and Sano might be the only righties, and that's like those guys are easy outs. So um, it's a pass spot for me on Dylan Covey today. And then as far as Jake Odorizzi goes, this White Sox lineup is pretty bad. Um, there's everybody in this lineup has at least a 22% K rate against righties this season. I do think he's an interesting pivot to save some money off of Cole today. I still think Cole is the clear SP1 today, but I think Odorizzi has some tournament appeal. If he can get to 30 and Cole only gets to like 32 to 35, um, Odorizzi's there. I'm not sure if Odorizzi – do you really think Odorizzi can get up to 30, 32? I know, I know the White Sox strike out a lot, but Odorizzi, you know, with his fly ball tendencies, he could walk some guys. He could come out in the fifth inning. You need him to go seven. You need him – I mean, he's, he's probably not going to strike out double digits. So, like, at 10-6, I think he's fine. Like, I look at him – I don't look at him as a, a Garrett Cole replacement, but he's also $2,200 cheaper. Uh, so if he gives you 22 and Cole doesn't go berserk, like you're good there, but I'm still looking at like, I'm looking at how do I pay down even further so I can get at least two. Cause when you play order is you probably still need to play like Hauser or something in order to get a decent stack. So that's why that's the main thing of that. It's like, can I play order and Bundy together? Possibly. So like if he's, I think he's efficiently priced for this slate and if, if you use them, you're not crazy. And if you don't use them, you're not crazy for that either. Yeah, um, I hear you on that. Like, he's had two really good games and one really bad game against this team this season. So, and the bad one came at home. So, <laughs> who knows what to expect here from Odo Rizzi. So, he threw a really good game against this team um, at the end of last month and put up 25 fantasy points. And that was a really good game. So, um Maybe that, that's what we're looking for, uh, another really good game. Uh, I'm not going to go out here and, and play the White Sox bats, though. I have no interest in the White Sox here. No, but, I mean, you could. I mean, I think they're efficiently-ish priced. I mean, the bottom of the order sucks, but if, you, if you're going to play Tim Anderson at shortstop or Eloy one-off or Moncada or, or Abreu, I mean, I'm not playing five of these guys, but, you know, if you, you got one spot to fill and you want to – I mean, Odorizzi could give up home runs. I just don't think the White Sox put up like a ton of runs, but Odorizzi could give up one or two solo shots or something and he'd pick them out. Um, yeah, I don't hate that, I guess. This game does have a really high in, in total. I, I think the Twins are the best stack on the slate. I don't think anybody will really disagree with that. We have a Dylan Covey guy, a pitcher that has a 1.84 home run per nine this season, um, gives up a ton of hard contact against a team that hits a ton of home runs. Like, I have a feeling that Minnesota is going to be your chalk stack on the slate. I, I, I could possibly disagree with you on that. Well, they're a super chalk on Tuesday, even with Coors. So the question comes in, how much is Cole owned? Because how do you stack the twins with playing Cole and Hauser? Even if you play Cole and Hauser, you're stuck with like, I think it's like 3,900 average. So like you need to find like, if you're going to stack five of these twins, like you need like your three man on the other end of the one-ups are all like three K guys. I mean, like, I don't even know if you could even do it. So that's why I look at the twin stack and go, 
if I'm fading Cole, like I want to stack this team because I think they're uh, they are the best stack, and anyone with Cole can't possibly. I, I, I'm I, unless my math is wrong, like you can't stack like Kepler, Polanco, Cruz, Rosario. I mean, forget about Garver if he's in the lineup. He's fifty six hundred. Like no one's gonna have that with Cole. Like you, I don't think you could do it. So that's why to me. I view it as my favorite stack from an expensive end. Like I could take three cheap giants and then stack five of these guys and then play like no pitch. I could play like no pitcher above 10 K. And as long as Cole doesn't kill me like this, you wouldn't be shocked if the twin put up 14 runs in this game. Yeah. The only problem that I see is um, if Garver doesn't play, it will probably be Castro who's 3,400 Wade Jr. will probably be in there. He's thirty three hundred. Um, like you, you could potentially see like even Jake Cave. Like this stack gets cheaper, and if you're only playing like two of the bigger bats, maybe you can do Cole. But if you're stacking, I, I see what you're saying. If you're stacking the high end of this stack, um, you're not going to get Cole with the high end. So that makes it very appealing here. Right. It's more of a they both can't be owned equally high at the same time. So if you're the type of person that's fading Cole, like you want to pay up in all the spots that people that with Cole can't have. So that's, that's why, like, if I'm fading Cole, I'm not fading Cole playing Odorizzi, Savale, and then still playing my vomit stacks because it's like, well, then what was the purpose of me fading Cole if I'm going to play cheap bats anyway? So that's why I take a look at the Twins and go, if I'm fading Cole, load up on the Indians and the Twins and give me all the expensive bats that no one else could have. All right, we got the Reds and the Cubs. Tyler Molly against John Lester. No total in this one. We got to see what the wind is doing. Um, usually I can get an idea, but both the sites that I use for weather do not show anything when it comes to the wind in this game. Um, really tough to break down a Cubs game when there's no indication of what we're going to be looking at here with the wind. Uh, I mean, if it was neutral wind, I take a look at Molly, I take a look at Lester. I'm probably not pay- playing either of these pitchers. Uh, I'm more interested in playing uh, Molly, uh, depending on the Cubs lineup. I mean, obviously, uh, Molly is, is much worse to lefties than he is to righties. Uh, if the wind's blowing in, Molly's more of a fly ball pitcher than a ground ball pitcher, while Lester's the opposite. So, like, if the wind's blowing in, it benefits Molly. And if the wind's blowing out, it hurts him much more. And <laughs> Lester, it's more neutral since Lester's more of a ground ball. Yeah, I can say I'm probably not playing Lester either way. Um, and I would play Molly with Rizzo out of the lineup if if Cannon Terry and these guys potentially are not in there. Like, uh, again, we go back to the whole teams fighting for playoff spots and, you know, the Cubs, the Brewers, the Nationals all fighting for that, you know, two, two wild card spots. So you're going to probably get a very – normal type Cubs lineup minus Rizzo who's hurt. So um, four lefties I think is probably too much, but I don't think it's the worst play if the wind's blowing in. Like that's where I would have interest in Molly at 7,100 because you can make a a really nice Molly Malone build um, if the wind's blowing in here. Um, Reds, Bats, anything standing out to you here against Lester? I mean, you could always take a shot at a risk. Aristides Aquino, even though he hasn't hit a home run in what three weeks or something, he don't run a today. while. 
He had a right? home run on Tuesday. Oh, he did? Oh, okay. The, the days that I don't play, of course. <laughs> but he's 4,200. I mean, uh, the rest of this lineup isn't very good. Uh, I mean, it could qualify as a vomit stack, but I don't think it's that appealing vomit because you're going to probably have to include Suarez in the stack anyway and possibly Votto if he's in the lineup. So it's like Blandino and Iglesias and Irvin who could end up turning into who knows who later in the game. Uh, I mean, it's viable. I'd rather attack Lester than play him. So, like, it's not out of the question, but I still would prefer at the same stack price that still comes down to I'd rather play the Giants and Fenway. Yeah, I like Suarez and Aquino. Um, those two guys are fine. Irvin's fine. But, again, pinch hit risk is always there. Suarez and Aquino are probably my two favorite bats here. You don't really have to worry about those guys getting pinch hit for. So, And then as far as the Cubs, I don't mind playing any of the lefties. Schwarber's been really cheap. I haven't looked at pricing yet. If he's cheap, um, I definitely like the spot for Schwarber. 4,400 for Schwarber I feel like is kind of on the verge of being right where he should be. But it it would depend on the wind because if the wind's blowing in, it's going to benefit Molly. And if the wind's blowing out, like give me all the Schwarber here at 4,400. Yeah, but even if the wind's blowing out a little, like the Cubs aren't that cheap. I mean, Castellanos is 4,500. Brian is 51. Contreras is 47. Hayward's 45. I mean, they'd be better with the wind blowing out, but it's not like you're getting a discount here regardless. Yeah, they're not as cheap as they've been all week. So moving on, Texas at Houston. Um, Colby Allard against Garrett Cole, eight and a half total. Cole's a minus 490 favorite. Um, he's obviously a t- big favorite here. Colby Allard um, going up against Houston, a team that just doesn't strike out against left-hand pitching. He's a fade for me. Yeah, he's, he's an easy fade for me against the Astros. So what are your thoughts here, just overall thoughts on Garrett Cole? He has the, I mean, the highest raw, raw score that you could possibly have. The Rangers have a 2.7 implied run total. Like, what's not to like other than the price? The thing that is not to like is the pitch count. We're already starting to see Houston reduce the pitches on these guys. Like, Verlander was cruising, absolutely cruising on Tuesday and through 87 pitches in six innings. Like, my biggest concern with playing Garrett Cole today is him throwing 90 pitches at 12-8. Like, yeah, he, he could still get there in 90 pitches. Don't get me wrong. Like, this dude could put up 45 fantasy points in 90 pitches because he's just absolutely dominating people right now. My biggest concern right now when it comes to Houston pitchers down the stretch, they are on absolute cruise control right now. Um, yeah, they can fight the Yankees for the number one spot, but what's more important? Going in the playoffs, knowing that you're not – you're getting that first round, like – cake matchup and having your healthy pitchers. Like I'm just concerned about the pitch count. That's all. I agree with you there, but even if he pitches just 90 pitches, he can still Still have the highest, (laughs) but, but that's the point I was trying to make earlier that he may still have the highest raw points at pitcher, but not be dominant enough at his salary that you're hurt by it in GPP. I think for, for cash, fine. He only hurts you at this price if he puts up 40 points. So, Which he's if, done if, a lot recently. <laughs> yeah, well, of course. 
But that, but if he's only going to pitch ninety pitches, if they're going to limit that like that, if you don't think he had to get all the way there, he could still put up the highest point total at pitcher at twenty eight points. But like, is that a home run from a three percent owned guy makes up for that in any other lineup? So like, it it doesn't kill me. So I'm more likely this slate to fade Cole for two fade Cole fade Hauser both of them and play two mid range pitchers and hope. Cole just doesn't have a ceiling game and Hauser gets killed. Yeah. Um, I like it again in cash games. Just play Garrett Cole. Like just take the raw points in cash games and could Cole get there. Yeah. This dude's put up 30 fantasy points and eight of his last 10 starts. He's had double digit strikeouts in eight of his last 10 starts. He's by far the best pitcher, most talented pitcher on the slate. We're not saying that the other thing that you got to think about here as well is if Houston gets up in this game, Kobe Allard's on the other side of this game. It's a lefty. Like, you know, we're not playing the Texas Bats, right? No, no, no. There's no – there's no – you you stack against, like, the chalk SP2, not, like, the best pitcher on the slate. Um, The Houston Bats are really interesting here. Like, they have a really high implied total. They're facing a young lefty who's who's been decent. He hasn't been bad, but they're some – some advanced stats definitely, you know, are concerning when it comes to Colby Allard. Like, Houston could get up in this game and then Cole throws 85 pitches. Now we're starting to limit his upside even more. He throws six innings. Why Why do we need him to go out and – why do we need to kill, kill Garrett Cole if we're cruising in this game? Well, I'm looking at the Astros bats and I have this I, – I, I, I'm going to give the same argument that I gave with the Twins. All these guys, I mean, to stack this team is, is ridiculously expensive. And you can't do it with Cole in your lineup. So I'd much rather play five of these guys, fade Cole, and then just hope they go for 10-plus runs. And you can't have all those bats and still have Cole in your lineup. And I just – it's more of the fact of, like, I'm leveraging pitcher ownership than anything. But I'm just like, I'm just going to play the best bats and hope that my, like, Bundy-Lamette combo gets there or something. I'm playing Dario Agrizal. Hopefully his eight points – you know, make up for whatever whatever I get out of the bats. But I just think on a 10-game slate, like, that would be more of the play, like, strategically than doing the, I'm going to play the Padres against Chuck Hauser. Like, I'd much rather just, like, I'm going to fade Cole and pay up for bats that people can't have. And then if Hauser gives, has a decent outing at 12 points, like, that, who cares? The Padres stack didn't come through, and Hauser really didn't come through either. All right, last one we got here. We got the Rays and the Dodgers, eight and a half total. Brandon McKay, Tommy, Tony, 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 Gonsolin, Gonsolin. Oh, man, it's getting late. Um, what are your thoughts here when it comes to Brandon McKay? Well, I, I typically don't want to play pitchers against the Dodgers. And is McKay, what's his pitch count? Um, I don't think he throws more than 70, like maybe 75, like, He's kind of getting close to like I, I read something the other day about him um, when I when I was looking at it in his last start because he's facing Texas and he's getting close to what they wanted to limit his pitches for and if they do end up making the playoffs I feel like they're going to want him out of the bullpen or something so um, I'd be I'd be very careful with Brendan McKay I don't think I'd play him here very careful at seventy five hundred if he's only pitching seventy five pitches like I can't play him at that price and then you tell me those seventy five pitchers. Are against the Dodgers, and that no, that makes them unplayable to me. 
That's what I was. That was. That's what I was kind of hinting at. Like, be careful. And don't why, did, why? Why can't you just be straightforward and say you're an idiot for doing this? <laughs> I guess that'd be the easy way to do it. Just say, don't play this guy. Um, the other side of this game, Gonsolin. Um, he has a cool mustache. Do we get bonus points for that? Is that a fantasy draft play? Is there is there a cool mustache point? <laughs> like I had interest in him. To be honest, I had interest in him when I was doing my initial research today. And then you saw his price, and you just then said, I saw no his way. price, and I'm like zero chance. Right, eighty seven hundred. Are you nuts? Yeah, like I get it. I understand it on this slate. You know, you have to price up any decent pitcher, I guess. But with Cole, but. Yeah, I can't do 8,700. Not for a guy that is not typically going to throw over 90 pitches. Right. I mean, at that point, I'll pay the 400 more in place of Ollie. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Much rather. Um, um, that doesn't mean I'm going to go out and run out in here and play the Rays bats. Um, nothing really standing out to me. Meadows is 5K, super expensive. Troy at 3,800 is not the worst play. Maybe on fantasy draft where you can play multiple first basemen, but he's not like a, a guy that I love here. No, and then the, what, the Kiermaier, Sogard. Other, I mean, they got lefties, Wendell, but it's just not, they're not like appealing lefties. And it's not like Gonzalez is, is, is a bad pitcher. Just that he doesn't pitch long enough for us to roster at that price. Yes, it's, if you it, take out Meadows, this could be vomit stack worthy. But they have a four implied run total, and it's I don't really want to pick on Gonsolin. The Giants are the better vomit stack. Moving on over to the Dodgers side of things, um, we're not expecting McKay to go deep here. Um, we're seeing, like, this game's happening as we're recording right now. The Rays are using a ton of their bullpen in this um, game. Like, Snell only pitched two innings. Drake came in and only pitched two innings. Like, if they can – get McKay out in three innings. Like they're going to see the bullpen a lot for the second straight day. Like the Dodgers bats are kind of interesting here again today. I mean, the Dodgers only have a 4.6 implied run total, but I mean, outside of Bellinger, the bats are, are actually fairly cheap. Like I don't mind playing like Kiki or uh, Chris Taylor's the, the Pollocks. I'd rather Monty not play three at first base. You know, like Justin Turner, if he's in the lineup. I mean, I, I can make something work here that, that it's, you know, around 21 and a half K uh, against there. I mean, I think I'm more likely to play these guys as fillers than as a primary stack. But, I mean, the, the stack isn't out of the question. Yeah, like Muncie is a great price, 4,300. Um, Jock, 4,300. Seager, 4,200. Those are the guys that I want to play. Um, yeah, you worry about Peterson getting pinch hit for, but, like, it's very rare that Muncie and Seager get pinch hit for. So maybe you play those two guys as fillers, but I don't even hate playing paying 5k for Bellinger who has definitely not had a home run in a while. He's just sitting at that 44 number. We're just waiting for that number 45. Like, you know, it's weird to not talk about Bellinger having uh, an extra base hit now and almost uh, it's been over 10 games. So like he, he's definitely due to get it going. All right, let's play the morning grind game, and then we're going to get out of here. Give me a guy under 8K to get six or more strikeouts today. I'll go back to the high variance play, Dylan Bundy. I like that one. I think he's always a guy that has the strikeout ability. Is he going to give up a bunch of runs in the process is the other question to that. Um, 
You know, I'll take I'll take the upside of like Tyler Molle. Uh The win uh, the win refreshed on the Rotor Grinders lineup page here, and we're looking at like crosswinds, so it's going to be a pretty neutral wind day in Wrigley, but it's going to be seventy degrees. So, um, over eight K to score under fifteen. Over eight K. Yep. Oh, this is easy. John Lester. Yep. <laughs> Um, let's see. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Gonzalez just because of the pitch limitations. I think that's my best choice chance. Um, give me a guy over 4k to hit a home run today. Over 4k. I'm going to, I'll go with, uh, well, I don't know. One of the twins probably be one of the twins. Yeah, just you can never go wrong with Nelson Cruz. Right, except for yesterday. Um, give me Yaz. Yaz back, grandfather Red Sox. Let's just keep rolling on this Giants train. Uh, give me a guy under 4K to get two hits. Two hits. Let's see. Since you demeaned him earlier. All right. I like it. I already like it. Jose Osuna. <laughs> All right. I'm going to I'm going to stay with the red hot rookie. Give me Kyle Lewis. Um he's been crushing the ball and he's facing a pitcher that doesn't strike anybody out. Um all right, give me a stack to score six or more runs. Oh, this is easy twins. I mean just All I'll right. just I'll eat the chalk. Let's go. I'm going to go with the Giants. I like the Giants today. We talked about them a long time ago. Um but I really like the Giants facing Chasin Whoever else the Red Sox throw out there, Red Sox are shipping it in. It's, it's that time of the year. So, uh, Any final thoughts before we get out of here? Well, uh, I'll, I'll see everyone that's listening. Thanks for the kind words. A lot of people have tweeted in the past couple of months that, that, uh, that I've made regular appearances on the morning grind. It's always appreciated. Even been, it, now, ever, now we have other people at Rota Grinders referencing vomit stacks and everything. So that's great. Uh, and uh, I'll be on vacation in Hawaii for uh, for two and a half weeks, and then I'll get back, and hopefully the next time that I'm on, we're either talking about football or most probably basketball. Yep, probably be talking some basketball. Definitely appreciate you've been a great addition this baseball season, and you know, vomit stacks have been a ton of fun to talk about, and you know, I'm glad it's fun. We got the ownership game, we got vomit stacks, we got a lot of fun stuff this year. But that's gonna wrap it up here for Wednesday. Hope everyone has an awesome day. We'll be back tomorrow talking some more baseball. Good luck in your contest, and we will see you then.